0: Last week, John Schneider and Pete Carroll refused to discuss the possibility of one of the legends of the franchise coming back for a second stint, but now that appears to have changed. We'll be breaking all the details down on a new Blue Friday Locked on Seahawks.
1: You are Locked on Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network,
0: your team every day. Greetings 12 this is Corbin Smith host of the Locked on Seahawks podcast. Happy Blue Friday to all of our listeners out there glad to be joined by two co-hosts for today's show Nick Lee and Dallas Cooper free agency is coming up. On Wednesday, we're less than a week away from the start of the league year, so a lot of free agent discussions throughout today's episode. Could number 54 be back in a Seahawks uniform? Which NFC East players could be good fits heading towards free agency for the Seahawks to pursue? And we're going to be taking a look at some of the biggest names of Seattle's own free agents and where we project that, that player is going to land in 2023. Now for your lead story here on our Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks at the NFL Scadden Combine in Indianapolis last week. John Schneider and Pete Carroll refused to disclose whether or not they would have any interest in bringing back linebacker bobby wagner for a second stint wagner is expected to be released for the start of the league year by the rams despite being a second team all pro selection and the number one graded linebacker by pro football focus had a phenomenal season in los angeles showing he hasn't slowed down Yet, he's going to be hitting the market, and that's led to a lot of speculation. And, of course, some former teammates begging him to become a current teammate, Quandre Diggs, for example. So there's been a lot of discussion out there. Nick, I'm going to flip it over to you right now before we break down what was said on Seattle sports yesterday in John Schneider's weekly interview. But. This seems like this is a situation that is trending from just being speculation to actually being legitimate fire that the Seahawks have interest in making this work out and bring Bobby Wagner back into the fold.
1: Yeah, I think it's gone from, you know, some flirtatious texting to, all right, let's go have dinner somewhere. You know, I, I think that's, uh, that's starting to where we, we're going with this. And of course, yeah, you mentioned Bobby Wagner played last year with uh, a Mount Rainier sized rock on his shoulder as he should have and, and, and played like it. So he's still got still got juice in the tank easily. Um, and, and and for the Seahawks, really, if the if the question is, do the Seahawks need Bobby Wagner right now? Uh, I think that's a resounding yes, um, especially with the Jordan Brooks situation, you know, that Cody Barton free agency, you know, the linebacker position, the off ball linebacker position especially is, is in doubt. So I'm changing my tune a little bit. I said a few weeks ago I was kind of on the fence, uh, hemming and hawing a little bit, but I just think. Th- taking a step back and thinking about the situation at linebacker, especially with the contract of Geno Smith, the Seahawks are clearly trying to to maximize Geno Smith's value in this window with Geno Smith at quarterback um, to go for a championship. And it, is Bobby Wagner? Uh, he's playing still at a level, a championship level at linebacker. At least he did last year. Um, so I, if really it comes down to price, I mean, th- I think that's the only question here is at what price can the Seahawks bring back Bobby Wagner? Who Arguably is the greatest Seahawks since Walter Jones, maybe better. I mean, he's just up there, um, Mount Rushmore of Seahawks. And so that's not to be debated. Um, So it it really comes down to me, uh, what's the price?
0: Yeah, that seems to be, if you read between the tea leaves, that's kind of what John Schneider was hinting at on Seattle Sports Seven Ten last night. And there's a number of statements that we can comb through. This was one of the quotes that really jumped out. Pete Carroll and John Schneider, they had a great, awesome, frank conversation. So he knows where we are. We know where he's at. We have so much respect for him personally and professionally. So we were able to talk through some things. And yeah, we know where it's going. I found that fascinating, Dallas. The end of that quote there, when John Schneider said, we know where this is going. So where is it going? Is is this one of those things that's like KJ Wright last year where, yeah, we had a discussion, but this isn't going anywhere? Or is this... Jordan Brooks might miss a huge chunk of this next year. You can still play and we know you want to be here. We know your teammates want you. We're just going to slow play this a little bit though, and continue our discussions and see where this goes.
2: I think that's exactly what's going on. I think they're continuing their discussions. Bobby Wagner, as Nick said, one of the greatest Seahawks of all time, having him back, not even just on the field for the locker room for the 12s, it would be a great feeling for everybody having him back yet. I feel this is just them doing their due, due, due diligence, excuse me. John Snyder, he's doing his due diligence to go talk to Bobby Wagner, make up everything that happened last season. And yes, Jordan Brooks might have have a lot of time missed this next coming season. And Bobby Wagner coming back would be a huge get for the team. And as Nick said, what's the price? I could definitely see them bring him back if it's towards lower a lower end deal, especially because... He was the best regraded linebacker, but a lot of the things the Rams were asking him to do seemed a lot less, um, I would say, less space to cover in the zone coverages. Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton, their jobs were a lot more difficult. They had to cover a lot more space, oftentimes matching slot receivers. The Rams didn't really do that with Bobby Wagner. As they knew with his age, that's not really his strength, but he did great at what they asked him to do. And if the Seahawks are willing to accommodate their scheme to that, then Bobby Wagner will be an amazing fit. I'm glad
0: that you're pointing out this because obviously nobody wants to ever talk about a player declining athletically. That is not something that people want to tackle, especially with a player like this that's still very good. But there were some things that the Rams did with him. He blitzed a lot more. He played a lot towards the line of scrimmage because he's still very good at that stuff. And it feels like in a 3-4 defense, the Seahawks can mend their scheme more to a player like Bobby Wagner. I actually think it's a better fit. And one other thing that really jumped out to me, and you guys can dish your thoughts on this too, but... This can't be something where nostalgia comes into play. And I liked what John Schneider said yesterday on the radio, that he he's flattered by former players wanting to come back. And we've seen this time and time again. But that doesn't always mean that the Seahawks just turn right around and say, oh, because you're Bobby Wagner and we know, we know all the great things you did in Seattle. They didn't turn this into a situation where they're just re-signing guys because they know them. John Schneider's got a job to build the best football team that he can build. And if that means Bobby Wagner coming back, then you go and you do it if the price is right. But if there are other linebackers out there, and this is a very good veteran free agent class at linebacker, Eric Kendricks is another one that's out there that could make sense for the Seahawks. There's a number of other ones if you want to pay a little more money. And so John Schneider's making it clear. Yes, we're going to look into it because of the respect we have for Bobby Wagner, but we're not going to let nostalgia make this decision for us we are going to get the best football players best bang for our buck that we can if it's Wagner then cool if not as they showed with KJ Wright last year we love you but we don't love you enough to bring you back and that's
1: just the reality of the business right Nick right and you don't want to pay a player for what he's done um you, you want to pay a player for what he he can do on the field that year yeah. um and you know I'm a baseball guy I'll go back to you know the Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera those contracts, you know, those are Hall of Fame players, but they got paid more for what they did in the past than they than the, the, what they could do that year or in the future for their contract. And, and so I, I, I want to definitely avoid the situation now. I think Bobby Wagner still got way more in the tank than those two players did um, when they signed their big deals in baseball. But um, it, it's it, you want to definitely walk that fine line because I agree. I, I'm actually very excited for the linebacker class, um, or linebacker free agency class. Yeah. as as well as some really good draft picks that are possible as well. So you don't, you definitely don't want to get hung up on nostalgia and kind of narrow your focus. And I'm not really worried about John Schneider doing that. Um, I think he's he's got a good head on his shoulders there. But yeah, that's definitely the line that you need to walk here because Bobby Wagner can absolutely still play. Um, you know, is the fit's probably still there with the need from with Jordan Brooks going down and Cody Barton leading, and uh, it's just a matter of what the price is, but. Yeah, that, that, that's really what it comes down to because you definitely want to pay a guy for what he can do in 2023 and beyond. Yeah, and it's not just about price
0: either. I mean, you got to look at fit. And like Dallas was saying, you know, maybe Seattle looks into this more and says, you know what? We know he had a great year last year. We're just not sure we're going to use him like that, though. And then it also boils down to could they approach him and say, hey, Bobby, this is where we're at right now. Maybe it's like K.J. Wright, the last season he played in Seattle. We don't know if you're going to be an every-down linebacker at this point playing for us. Is he willing to do that to come back to Seattle and be with his former teammates, finish his career where it started, especially after the year he had last year? I don't know that they would do that, but this could certainly be part of the discussion, Dallas. I mean, I think that there's some hard things that have to be said, especially considering what happened last year.
2: He had, like I said, and like all of us said, he had a great season. And, yes, the fit. Was good for the Rams, and I think this is something like you brought up him being an early down linebacker. I think is a big, huge get and good proposition for John Snyder if he's willing to come on a lower end deal, be an early down linebacker. Perhaps they keep Cody Barton and draft a late, late round linebacker that's more of a maybe a money backer, kind of like a safety linebacker mix, and then you use him on the passing downs. Then that I feel like that would be a perfect fit for everyone involved. Yet. You don't know. Bobby Wagner could go to the open market and somebody will probably say, Hey, we'll be you a starting linebacker on every down and we'll pay you good. So honestly, Wagner will probably get more opportunity elsewhere. But if he's willing to come back, I don't see how the Seahawks couldn't re- like how they could refuse.
0: This room to one sports out there, the Rams who won the Super Bowl two years ago because he wants to join a contender. That was the report the Seahawks believe they are a budding contender. And so maybe that sways Bobby Wagner to say, Hey, I'm going to be 33. I've made a ton of money in the NFL. I'm willing to play for less, maybe play a few less snaps, depending on how Seattle wants to use him. We'll just have to wait and see. These conversations have already begun in earnest. We'll see if anything transpires moving forward. Free agency starting on Wednesday. That's when Bobby Wagner will be free to sign with another team after that point. And so, It sounds like discussions are going to be ongoing. We will see what happens on this front. I know that a lot of 12s would love to see number 54 back out there, though, for the Seahawks in 2023. Coming up next, speaking of free agency, we're going to spin in the wheel a little bit here, looking at five big-name free agents the Seahawks have that are going to be hitting the market next week. Where are they going to land in 2023? Nick Dallas and I are going to be spinning the wheel and making some projections here on a number of free agents. Coming up next here on our Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then I've got the thing for you. You've got to try Built Bars where healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious you don't think they're good for you, and they're perfect for your New Year's resolution as we head towards the month of April. What makes Built Bars so good? They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors. Peanut butter brownie, I'll eat a whole box in one sitting. I'm not ashamed to say it. Coconut almond, churro, I'm not sure how Bilt does it, but they maintain amazing macros, and it tastes like a candy bar. We're talking 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And the best part, you don't have to sit at home now and wait for a box to get shipped to you. You can go to Walmart or Sam's Club, head to your nearest Walmart today, head over to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can also get a 13-bar box if you're near a Sam's Club. Amazing flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined today by a tandem of hosts, Dallas Cooper and Nick Lee. A special thanks to all the 12s out there, as always, for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen. Five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Free agency is set to kick off on Wednesday. The legal tampering period is coming up on Monday. And I love how they have to throw the word legal in there because we know that there's plenty of discussions that are going on right now. I've seen reports about players talking with other teams. It's like that's not supposed to happen. It happens behind the scenes. The NFL does what they can, but good luck trying to monitor that, especially with the communication we have on social media and all kinds of different things these days. Anyway, Seahawks have a number of free agents that are set to hit the market. Geno Smith will not be one of them with his new deal, but we're going to look at five big names on the Seahawks free agent list that are going to be testing the market this week, and we're going to spin the wheel and try to project where that player is going to land, and we're going to start at the quarterback position. We know Geno Smith's going to be here, but what happens with Drew Locke? this upcoming season and Nick you get the honors here you get to spin the wheel first here on today's show so let's get to it where you think Drew Locke (laughs) is going to end up next season and we've got our wheel spinning here let's see where Nick has Drew Locke landing this season and he's going to the Buccaneers
1: Buccaneers okay so with the you know the, there's there's a certain guy in tom and uh, tom brady that doesn't seem to be in the picture for tampa this year um so that, that can certainly be a, a place i think any quarterback needy team um, certainly should take a look at drew Locke. um that's just one of those things where it, it's he's got that still a little bit of tantalizing upside i'm not sure he's a known commodity like yeah he had he had some looks in denver um some of it was outside of his control um he, he's he's got i don't know if i it a high ceiling but uh, a respectable ceiling, but also a very low floor. So I think that's the, that's been the rub with Drew Locke. Um, and he just, I don't know. I just, sometimes I just picture guys in different uniforms. He just looks like a Buccaneer. I don't know. <laughs> that, or or a Raider, you know, something with like a pirate on his hat. I don't know, or on his helmet. I don't know what it is. Um, but I think just with the tenuous situation at quarterback um, that T- Tampa Bay has, I could see a team bringing in a rookie um, from, from a very talented QB class this year, and then t- and bringing in Drew Locke for some good, solid competition like he experienced in 2022 with the Seahawks and just seeing where the chips fall. If, if he makes strides, good for him. But if not, still a, a viable backup that has starting experience. Dallas, you ready to spin the wheel?
2: I can't wait.
0: Here we go. Dallas is going to be spinning here on Drew Locke. Let's see where Dallas thinks that he's going to be landing this offseason. You guys
2: are posers, but both of you going with the Buccaneers. <laughs> so the Buccaneers, as Nick said, this is a team that just lost the GOAT. They just lost Tom Brady. They, they don't have much outlook into next season. You're not really looking for the playoffs. You've got to bring in QB competition. The only QBs really on the roster you're really looking for next season is Kyle Trask at the moment. Kyle Trask and Drew Lott even if they don't bring in a QB through the draft, those two having a competition, I feel like that's a good competition for a team like in the NFC South that can look for, hey, do we have something here? Both of those quarterbacks are young. They both have potential. Drew Locke especially has a rocket of an arm. We all know that. Has displayed mobility, even in the preseason games. I remember Seahawks fans were wanting Drew Locke to start the regular season. Drew Locke showed flashes. So this is a piece I feel like the Bucs could get. And who knows? This could be a diamond in the rough for them.
0: I'm going to spin the wheel now. Let's see. Maybe we have a trifecta with Drew Locke landing in Tampa Bay. Spinning the wheel here. I'm going to surprise people because I have been talking Tom, or not Tom Brady. I've been talking Tampa Bay and Drew Locke this entire offseason with Dave Canales now being their offensive coordinator. It's such a natural fit. And yet, the Raiders have Jarrett Stidham as their quarterback right now. Like, you can't tell me that Josh McDaniels, now maybe they trade up for a quarterback. I could very easily see them doing that, and then Drew Locke is out of the picture. But I could very easily see the Raiders saying, you know what? And, and like <laughs> Nick was saying, he kind of, you know, is, you know being as clean shaven as he is and stuff, You know maybe he grows his hair out a little while, and then he's a perfect fit for the Raiders. I, I actually could see this being a good landing spot for him. I could see him going in there and competing and pushing Jared Stidham, who sounds like the Raiders are very high on, but Drew Locke still has a ton of upside, and he's got the skill set that would maybe fit in with that offense. And so I actually think there's a very good chance he ends up in Las Vegas and tries to gamble to see if he can become their starter this next season. Now let's go to the defensive side of the football. Nick going to be dishing it back to you here. Puna Ford heading towards free agency. Let's see where Nick thinks. That Puna Ford is going to be playing next season. We're going to be spinning our wheel here for Puna Ford.
1: Cleveland, Cleveland rocks for Puna Ford. <laughs> I appreciate the the wheel has the uh, logo of the Browns instead of the stupid helmet. Um, <laughs> so I'm like that's another discussion for another day. Anyway, um, with the Browns actually lost Taven Bryan, so that that's that's a pretty big loss in the interior lines. So they're going to have to replace him and. Yeah, Puna Ford didn't have you know the eight eight ten million dollar kind of season that that the Seahawks were hoping for, and, and just he's got that upside coming from undrafted to to a very viable inter- interior defensive lineman. But um, if for people hoping for a reunion between the Seahawks and Browns, I just don't see, or Seahawks and, and uh, Puna Ford. I just don't see it. Um, now where that money's coming from for the Browns, I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, I think Puna Ford would, would be a nice fit in, in the interior line. Um, and next to uh, uh, what's that, Jordan Elliott uh, along the defensive line, too. So I think that would be a good combo. Again, I don't know where the money's come from Cleveland, but I think that's a it's a place that has a need and his skill set could be utilized in Cleveland.
0: Maybe they restructure Deshaun Watson and that leads to Puna Ford <laughs> coming to Cleveland. He is kind of a hard-nosed player, so that would be a good fit for him from that perspective. Now, Dallas, you're on the wheel here, and let's see where Dallas has Puna Ford going in 2023. Back in Seattle or somewhere else? And he says Philadelphia. Now that's a surprise, the defending NFC champions. And yet, I think I can understand why you would go that route.
2: The Eagles and the Seahawks, if you look at what the type of defenses that they ran, going from fronts to coverages, they ran very similar defenses. Puna would fit in really nice along that defense. Javon Hargrave is a free agent. He's going to command a lot of money in free agency there's no way the Eagles are really going to be able to bring him back. You also have a rookie that you just drafted last year. He's going to be a second year player in Jordan Davis, who's we all know is absolutely a monster of a man. Yeah. Jordan Davis could play the two gap nose tackle. Maybe you have Puna Ford play alongside him sometimes, but then when you go into their four down fronts, they often took Jordan Davis out of the field and that's where their run defense struggled. Puna Ford, Finally, being able to go back to a one technique or a nose tackle as what he did in Seattle for the first years of his career, which he really excelled at, the Eagles could put him back in his primary spot. And I think he'll be back like he normally was, and he'll be a destructive nose tackle for them.
0: That's a really good fit if they lose Javon Hargrave, which everybody's expected they're going to. I actually think that that would maybe be a team that would make a lot of sense. There's another team that makes sense here, though. I'm going to be spinning my wheel here. Let's see where it lands. San Francisco now I, I know I'm gonna upset our 12s that are listening saying this but
1: 15 sack at, season incoming <laughs>
0: you look at San Francisco Javon Kinlaw has not played near up to the standard they expect as a first round pick I think interior defensive line is actually one of their bigger needs to go with Eric Armstead when he plays in there could you imagine Pune Ford going there? I know they have some financial issues that they got to work through but I could see the 49ers playing that we're going to steal from a rival card and plug in Puna Ford and him being very disruptive in that defensive scheme. And so I think that that would be a great fit for him and for the team. The Seahawks certainly would not like that seeing him go to San Francisco, but I could see that being a sneaky fit that would be a good one for the 49ers. Let's stay on defense now. Nick, going to get a linebacker. We talked Bobby Wagner. Cody Barton's a free agent, too. Is he going to be back in Seattle? We'll see what Nick thinks here. Spinning the wheel for Cody Barton. And we got another Eagles hit. And Nick thinks that Cody Barton is going to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And maybe his brother will come
1: join him too. <laughs> well, I, you know, maybe he follows Sean Desai to Philly. Um, that's uh, Sean Desai was very well liked in, uh, with the defensive players, I think. And um, the Eagles are losing TJ Edwards and Kazeer White's most likely. And, and like uh, Dallas said, there's there's some constrictions there with with money, I think, with the Eagles that they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Um, that, you know, that's kind of happens when you win the NFC and make the Super Bowl. You know, that, that there's there's usually teams that want your players. And I think that's going to happen to the Eagles. And and so I, I think that that would be a, an interesting fit for, for Barton to go in there, compete with Sean Bradley um, to work aside N'Kobe Dean and, uh, and with Sean Desai there on the staff. I just think that, you know, that that would make some sense for Barton to go to Philly. Let's look at the wheel
0: for Dallas here and see where he has Cody Barton playing this next season. Spinning and spinning. Oh, he says the Seattle Seahawks that Cody Barton will be coming back. I mean, maybe since they put the highlight video up yesterday, that was a hint that they're going to be bringing him
2: back. That highlight video was a very interesting timing too. Yeah. But Cody Barton this past season, I think a lot of people overstated how like his struggles in the run defense. I don't think a lot of the run defense struggles was actually his fault, nor the linebackers fault in general, him or Jordan Brooks. A lot of times they were just getting outmanned on the front with the defensive line was getting blown off the ball and linebackers were left out to dry. Look, let's remind people, Cody Barton had multiple passes this year that he could have had intercepted and then just dropped it. Those were just tough plays. He he catches those balls. He had two interceptions on the season. He catches those, he probably ends up with five or six. Cody Barton is actually a very good coverage linebacker. He showed that this past year, especially with the responsibilities that the Seahawks asked of him. And as we said, with the Jordan Brooks injury, him missing a lot of time, honestly, I feel like this is a priority resign. They need to bring him back.
0: Yeah, those are really good points. And we've talked about on this show that he's been a player that I thought in the second half of the season played much better in all facets so maybe that leads Seattle to re-sign him let's see if I agree with you spinning the wheel here on Cody Barton you know what I think he's leaving and I think he's going to rejoin Russell Wilson in the Mile High City I don't know if they're going to re-sign Alex Singleton that's one of the big name linebackers that they've got that might have interest for other teams including the Seahawks maybe they're looking at bringing him back in but Barton played at Utah I could see him being intrigued by playing in Denver and the scheme is not that different from what the Seahawks play and so I just have a feeling there might be more interest when he hits the market than a lot of fans realize I think there's gonna be other teams that are interested in Cody Barton because the young athletic linebacker that can cover and that's big in today's NFL real quick Nick going back to the wheel here Marquise Goodwin a little bit of a Uh, rejuvenation season for the Seahawks last year as their number three receiver, but was it enough for him to come back? Let's spin the wheel on Marquise Goodwin. And Nick says he is indeed going to be coming back to Seattle. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I actually really like Marquise Goodwin. I think that was a good fit for the Seahawks as a a receiver three or maybe four this year, um, depending on some of the other moves the Seahawks make, but just a savvy vet who's been in this system for a long time, including back in the you know, San Francisco days, some concepts there um, almost had 400 yards receiving is kind of down the depth chart uh, kind of guy this year. I, I really liked his addition. And I think that bringing him back would be uh, at, at the right price, of course, a slam dunk.
0: Yeah, let's see where Dallas stands on this one with Goodwin. And maybe this will be one that is an easy fit for Marquise Goodwin to come back. I don't know what his interest would look like, but Dallas maybe has a little different idea here. He does, Dallas. And you know what? That could make sense if they swing and miss on some of the big names that are out there.
2: The Cowboys always try to go for the big name free agents, as you just pointed out. And most of the time we see them, it's a swing and a miss. Gallup's coming off of injury. Again, he didn't really look that good. He had a, I think it was a torn ACL the previous year. And then CeeDee Lamb, oftentimes when you watch the Cowboys, felt like the only receiver that was able to separate. It, It was honestly Dak's, a lot of the struggles this year, I don't feel was actually on Dak. The receivers weren't able to separate and he was forced to throw it to some tight windows. Marquise Goodwin, as Nick said, he had a really rejuvenated season. He showed off the speed that he's known for. Even though he's a little older now, he can still fly. And no matter what way you want to use him as a deep ball receiver, you want to get him on some jet sweeps. The Cowboys tried that in previous years with, with a guy, as we all know, Tavon Austin. Marquis Goodwin, I feel like, is an upgrade from that. He had four touchdowns this past season. I think he might even have a bigger opportunity than the Seahawks are even going to be able to give him. He might be wide receiver three or maybe even wide receiver two for the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, they've definitely got some depth concerns there. As far as me spinning the wheel on Marquise Goodwin, I would tend to agree with Nick on this one. I don't know that he's going to have a ton of interest because of his age. He's coming off injury. He is a player that I could see signing after the draft, and I could see the Seahawks being very interested. Even if they draft a receiver, and then you have Dariq uh, D- D- Young coming back, I could see them saying, we want you back to mentor these young receivers and battle for a spot on this roster. And so that's where I view the stage of his career that he's at right now, and that's what I would anticipate is going to happen. One last player, real quick. He's kind of become a forgotten man, but Rashad Penny. Nick, it's time for you to spin the win, uh, spin the wheel with Rashad Penny here. See if he thinks he's coming to Seattle or going elsewhere. And we're going to go back to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, that's surprising to me. They just franchise tag Pollard.
1: They did, um, and I, I don't think – I'd be shocked, one, if Rashad Penny comes back to Seattle, and I'd be pretty surprised as well if he goes somewhere as the expected RB1. Just with his injury history, yes, he has a ton of ability. We saw it at the end of 2021, uh, and, and, you know, just – the the unfortunate injuries that have followed him even after being a first round pick and showing why he was a first round pick uh, later on in his contract and and the beginning of this, this past season too. But um, like you mentioned, Cowboys are keeping Pollard. I think the Ezekiel Elliott situation is tenuous at best. Um, You know, it's really, really murky right now. And even if he does come back, he is Pollard. It's been very clear for multiple seasons. I feel like it's been clear to everyone, but Cowboys um, folks that, that Pollard is RB1 and, and Elliott is definitely on his way out. Um, and I think that finally became clear this year. And um, Rashad Penny, if that does happen, uh, Rashad Penny going in there as uh, maybe an understudy at first to Pollard or depth for Pollard and or, or one-two punch for Pollard and Dallas, I think could be a pretty formidable one-two punch if both are healthy. Um, but that kind of depends on the situation with Elliott. But if Elliott does uh, leave or they part ways somehow, Penny would be, I think, a, a good fit for them. Dallas, it's time for
0: you to spin your wheel for the final time here. Where is Rashad Penny going to be landing in 2023? And Dallas thinks he's going to Buffalo. Ooh, That would be an interesting fit with Josh Allen, and they could use another running back.
2: Devin Singletary has been asked to be their running back one the past few seasons, and it's kind of been iffy at best. We've all known Buffalo's run game, has not really been there. They've been one of the lowest rushing teams the past few seasons. And as that's expected with Josh Allen being your quarterback and having Stephon Diggs, although when the playoffs have come around, we've seen for multiple years now that Josh Allen needs a run game to help him out, as the team does. The offensive line struggles in pass blocking if they're just pass blocking for 50 times a game. I think the past t- couple of times in the playoffs, Josh Allen was throwing like 50 passes. The Bills need an explosive run game and Rashad Penny is arguably the most explosive back in the NFL when he's healthy. That's been the only question mark if he's healthy.
0: Yeah. That's been a real problem. The durability aspect and, I'm with Nick. I think it's going to be really difficult for Rashad Penny to come back to Seattle just because I feel like the Seahawks are ready to go with a rookie back. It's a good class. That doesn't mean there won't be interest on the market, though, because of its his explosiveness. So I'm actually going to the team that everybody said wanted him in the draft. And Detroit could lose Jamal Williams in free agency. And they've had issues with DeAndre Swift being healthy. Rashad Penny in that offense with the way they scheme up the run game could be absolutely electric again as long as he's healthy but I could see Detroit trying to go down that avenue again if his physicals check out that could be a team to watch that has an incentive laden deal that they offer him and see if he can fit in with that offense I think he could be a a lot of fun playing in the Motor City. Continuing our free agency now, it's time for free agency frenzy. We're going to go to the NFC East, and Nick and Dallas, I tasked you guys with this assignment today. You had to pick one free agent from each team in the division. Some teams were easier to do that than others. There's one team in particular that you guys had a very hard time with, and we're going to go from top to bottom in the standings. And Nick, dishing it over you, Philadelphia Eagles. They've got some big name free agents. Who
1: do you think would be the best fit for the Seattle
0: Seahawks to pursue this offseason?
1: Oh, man, it's a, it's a buffet of quality quality players from the defending NFC champs. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that Jason Kelsey is either going to retire or they're going to bring him back. They'd be idiots not to. Otherwise, yes, I'm on the Jason Kelsey train. That'd be really fun. But uh, going back to reality a little bit, maybe not so with the money involved. Um, Javon Hargrave. The, the interior defensive tackle. I mean, just, yeah, Dallas mentioned they're going to have a hard time keeping him. I know the Seahawks would probably have an equally hard time probably signing him with the, the price tag attached, but talk about a guy that could completely revamp and, and, and recharge this interior defensive line. He can line up on that five-tech, three-tech, even one-tech, you know, he's just been bouncing all over the defensive line. 11 sacks last year, 18 and a half sacks over the last two years, Um, and he, he just really has rejuvenated his career moving from Pittsburgh to, to Philly, and um, just would be an instant, instant start in, along this interior line. And that's another thing if, you know, if the Seahawks either pass on Jalen Carter or don't get him in the draft, this is a guy I think that would be a nice uh, consolation prize if uh, the Seahawks don't take a, a blue-chip interior line in, defensive lineman in the draft. So give me Hargrave. I know the price tag is going to be pretty high, but I think he's worth it. Dallas, I know you and I were
0: talking about this before the show You were leaning towards Hardgrave, too, but then you're like, you know what? Let's go with something that's a little more realistic price-wise that still could have some bang for the buck. So who'd you roll with along the defensive line to bring to Seattle?
2: Edge rusher for the Eagles, Robert Quinn. He barely played this past season, a lot of that due to injury. He only played 88 snaps. Although the last healthy year he had in Chicago, when Sean Desai was over there, although Sean Desai did leave, Clint Hurt was part of that scheme he had 18 sacks 18 Robert Quinn is an explosive edge rusher even at his age still has an explosive get off first step and that's what the Seahawks need a Robert Quinn and Nwosu pass rush duel on each side would instantly bolster that roster and that defensive line that's a scary duel to go against especially as Nick said If you did instead draft at number five a guy like Jalen Carter still on the board, that defensive line looks like a whole different team now.
0: Yeah, that's a different animal. There's no question about it. Hargrave would be a lot of fun, but I think Quinn is the more reasonable of these two players, at least in my opinion, based on what Seattle has financially would he fit into the scheme potentially he has played as you said for sean desai in chicago and so that would be an interesting fit now let's go to them cowboys we've talked a lot about them this has turned into locked on cowboys to an extent today Uh, yeah (laughs) nick who from the cowboys jumps out to you as a player to target i know this is a team that maybe doesn't
1: have quite as many big names surprisingly that, that are available yeah not quite the buffet the eagles were for sure um I'm going to go with a, for, a former seventh round pick receiver, Noah Brown. Um, he had a career year last year. He's kind of worked up the ranks, really worked hard, and, and become a, a pretty decent, you know, depth piece at receiver. 555 receiving yards, three touchdowns, 43 catches the, the, this year. Good big body receiver. Uh, could be a pretty viable red zone target as well. Um, and, and you got you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you know, two different skill sets there. You got Noah Fant in the red zone. You add maybe Noah Brown to that mix. Um, plenty of size. That, that Those are some legit red zone weapons. So I, I know it's, it's not the sexiest pick, um, but I think Noah Brown uh, with the right price could, could be a lot of fun.
0: And then for Dallas, a player that we have talked about, I think the last three or four years is a potential fit for the Seahawks, even though he's an older player at this point. You also got a pass catcher on your free agency list.
2: T.Y. Hilton. He's 34, he was 34 years old this past season, four-time Pro Bowler. But when he did play the Cowboys, he provided a much needed spark for that offense. They needed him to be that wide receiver too, especially with Gallup recovering and Noel Brown being their other wide receiver with CeeDee Lamb. They needed an extra jolt in that offense. He had a first down actually in every game that he played with the Cowboys. So he was consistently coming up with clutch catches for the Cowboys, especially some big plays. TY could pretty much be a pre-cheat wide receiver three edition for the Seahawks.
0: Let's talk New York Giants now. The most surprising team in this division this past year, got to the second round of the playoffs. They just spent a ton of money on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. So I expect most of their free agents are probably not going to be coming back. Not a super
1: great list to work with either, (laughs) Dick. Yeah. I'm actually going to go very similar routes here for the Giants than I did for the Cowboys at no Brown. I'm going to go Richie James receiver. Um, again, former, uh, former seventh round pick, kind of a similar, similar story, different skill sets, obviously he's a very viable receiver, 569 receiving yards, four touchdowns, um, five foot nine, five ten range. So definitely not quite the big body receiver, but he's just got that like lightning bug kind of, kind of, kind of wiggle, um, punt, viable punt returner as well. So you can, you can put him in special teams if need be. Um, so I, I just like the speed combo slots kind of fit with maybe some special teams sprinkled in. And, you know, he won't break the bank either. As for Dallas, you went with a receiver again as well. I think you and
0: Nick were just thinking very similar interests with these teams, but you went with different
2: players. Sterling Shepard. Injury has plagued his career, and that's kind of been the name of his career for now. When he's healthy, Sterling Shepard, when he was young, he provided a much-needed spark for that Giants offense that actually he was drafted in 2016 when they made the playoffs last. With 500 Before this year, actually, with 576 yards in his last healthy season in 2020 with three touchdowns, he was a good player for them. And with multiple injuries now for the last couple of years, he's probably going to be on a cheaper deal. I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks give him a minimum deal just to see. Let's see how much speed he has left, even though with those multiple knee injuries.
0: He would be a player that would definitely check the box off as far as worthwhile low price flyer. There's no question about it. And and when he's healthy, he has been a very good receiver. Now, last but not least, and really actually we should say but least, the Washington Commanders. <laughs> we were laughing about this before the show. This might be the weakest free agent class for any team in the NFL going into this year. So unless you're wanting to sign Carson Wentz, I don't think the Seahawks have any interest in Carson Wentz right now. So Nick, I know that it was a barren wasteland, but real quick, who did you pick off the commander's free agent list for the Seahawks to
1: pursue? Well, the, the list of free agents uh, for, for the commanders, you know, that like that meme that went, or that that picture that went viral during like a, there was a hurricane that was hitting Texas and all the stores were picked clean except for at Walmart. The vegan section was completely left untouched. <laughs> like it was an emergency and crisis and people still wanted no part of that section in Texas. I feel like that is the commander's, free agency list right now <laughs> um they're like the vegan section during a crisis um and it, if i had to pluck my nose and pick fa obata um is is it uh, you know i think he's kind of a bit of an unfulfilled edge rusher he's got he had 4 sacks last year he's a true edge um he would definitely be more of a depth piece behind that Nuosu and daryl taylor even um so if you're looking to add some depth late in free agency i think uh, is probably one of the better ones, I think, on the list. I, again, that's not you know, the, the greatest list ever. Still, you're picking from some, uh, some undesirables mostly, but um, Obata still does have a little bit of intrigue as a depth piece. And
0: away from Obata, there is one all-pro that is on Washington's free agent list, and Dallas immediately jumped on that as a possibility for the Seahawks.
2: Jeremy Reeves. And as Nick was saying for his earlier picks for the other teams, undrafted free agents is the way to go for the Seahawks. They love picking up the gritty, undrafted free agents that kind of grinded their way into the league. This guy was not made a 53-man roster and finally made it this past season, which was his fifth year, and immediately carved out a role on special teams, making the All-Pro, as Corbin said, with a career high of 33 tackles, 17 of which came on special teams, which was second in the league. He helped lead the commander's unit to the fourth best punt coverage unit in the league. Yes, that's not the sexiest thing to talk about when you're talking about teams and football, but it's an important part of the game, and Jeremy Reeves provides a valuable asset for that.
0: He does. He's one of the best special teams players in the league. I I actually would be surprised if Washington allows him to get away, but at the same time, we know how much the Seahawks value special teams and safety depth. With Jamal Adams' injury, if they don't bring back Ryan Neal, we don't know what's going to happen on that front. Reeves might be a player that makes a lot of sense for the Seahawks, even though the rest of the commanders' free agents, as Nick said, there's a lot of undesirables that are on that list. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Nick at Nick Lee 51. You can also follow Dallas at Dallas C. Cooper. Check out Locked On Seahawks on all major podcast platforms and streaming video for him five days a week on YouTube. Coming up next week, we'll be back on Monday with a new mock draft Monday. Rob Rang and I will be dishing out some thoughts on a few new mocks that are out there from experts and much more. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening in. Go Hawks.